Because who knows how long this will take. You think it ain't going to take, but you don't know how funny I'm going to be. <laughs> you got some takes. Some takes. No, I don't have any hot yeah, takes. Take, I have, no hot mine's, takes. Like, <laughs> mine's like genuine shit, you know? Yeah, mine, mine's pretty genuine, too. Uh, hello, cool. and welcome to episode number 197, I think, of I Only Like Their Old Stuff, the podcast where we answer the question, what's the hype? I'm J-Ho, with me is Groove. Hey, yo. Hey, yo. It's been a while. It's been a while. It's been a while. Um, it's been a while. <laughs> we uh we got through the holidays and we've been trying to record this episode for a few weeks now and going back and forth and now we're finally doing it. Um, how how was your Christmas? Was it okay? Yeah, it was one of those holidays. I wasn't sure how it was going to go. Yeah, same, same. And, it, and it was. I had a great time. It was really lovely. It was small. Yeah. And uh, same. Weird. It's like the end of January that we're recording this, and it feels like Christmas was like a long time ago, a lot longer ago. You know, we. It was funny because we were texting about like, God, man, like we gotta record before everybody forgets that everybody else is doing year-end wrap-ups. But on the other hand, it's like, no, we don't need to. We're still in January. It's fine. Yeah, this is our. Do it in March. We can maybe we should start doing it in March. (laughs) <laughs> we should do a year end wrap up for 2023 in February. Yeah. We should what let's do like a wrap up of like 2007 in in March. Honestly, <laughs> like yeah, that sounds That'd be kind of hype. I'd have to do some research cuz like yeah. as I get older all every all the years in a certain era just compress into one thing. Uh but that it's would like be fantastic. It's like seeing that that factoid that like days and confused came out in like 95 and it was about the year 79. Like if days and confused came out now, yeah. it would be about like the year 2009. Yeah. And that that's crazy to think about that's those sort of things always, they always blow my mind. I also, that you could lie to me about that and I'd be like, yeah, days oh, and confused yeah, is as yeah, far wow. from the seventies as we are to 1895. And I'd be like, what really? Wow. Wow. Time really flies. It makes you, it just goes to show. Yeah. Just goes to show. Uh, this is our this is our big wrap up of the year 2022. I think this is the third one of these we've done in a row now. We've been recording, I think we've been recording the show again when we came back from our long hiatus for three years now. And uh, yeah, this is we're going to wrap up our uh, our takes on on various media and in particular music, which is what we tend to seem to focus on in the show here. Um, and uh, we got some good some good stuff for you. I guess we'll just get kicked kicked off on this right we're just gonna 
get into this? Sure. It can only go on from here. Yeah. Um, so, uh, we're going to start off with the our top three hypes for the year of 2022. Um, I yep. don't, I don't have mine in order cause I'm not, I don't, they were all three kind of equally hyped to me. Um, so, uh, I'm not gonna, I didn't really rank anything I, at all. Okay. I have my favorites not ranked, but I think I know what my ranking would be if I had to. Okay. Um, well, what's, what was your, what was one of your hypes of the year? 2022. I'll put number three. I went out to Red Rocks this year and I watched Goose. Now, everybody that listens to this podcast knows that I have caught the Goose bug and that Goose is, you know, the band that has captured my imagination more than anybody else. I saw them, I think, 13 times in 22. And, um, And I've been waiting for a long time for, you know what band is going to be there, whether or not I got the money to do it and whether or not I got the time off to do it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And, um, I don't, I, you know, I hate overhyping movies before people watch them and say, Oh, you got to watch it. It's so good. And then they're ultimately disappointed because yeah. it wasn't as good as my excitement about it. Yeah. Um, and I was, I was cautious about being too excited to be at Red Rocks because everybody says it's like the coolest music venue to go to. Um, But it was as good as people said, and it was definitely, I think the coolest concert experience that I had had this year, maybe ever. Yeah. Um, Because it wasn't like, a lot of it had to do with the fact that I was so excited and I am so excited to get to see this band and get to see them. This was their first time at Red Rocks. It was my first time at Red Rocks. And I'm on this like lit, like if you look at like a, a a graph, like I'm on this rise, this steep rise with this band. So it was almost at the pinnacle of my excitement to see the band at this place that I'd never been to, that I've always looked forward to going to. Um, it was really impactful, like in the best way. Like there was zero like negatives about the trip. It was lovely. It was wonderful. Um, and I, you know, like I know, like usually you go on a trip like that, something's going to go wrong. Yeah. You know, nothing went wrong. The concert was great. Everybody that was there was really nice. You know, I spent a lot of time on the lot, hanging out with different people. I got to go through the, they have a museum underneath the park and I went through the whole museum and it was just, it was the best concert I went to all year. There were times when I went to see Goose and and other bands this year too, where the concert itself may have been even a little bit better, but this, everything that came together with it, just the moment of it was fucking incredible. So that's one of my top three hypes this year. That's hype. That's hype. I'm getting excited hearing about it. It's hard. Mm-hmm. It, it, that's a you're a music fan. You've always been a music fan, and that is one of the like cathedrals of music in the world is to see a band at Red Rocks, like almost bordering on cliche at this point. But for it to hold up and the experience to be great, you know, we live in an age now of hyperbole. Everything's just incredible. Oh, it's incredible. Oh, you got to see this. Oh, you've got to. This is the greatest, hottest thing. It's so cool. And like. Things get hyped up, and it I fall victim to it. I've got some stuff on my list here that almost I didn't watch or whatever because I'm just tired of people saying how incredible it was. And to go have an experience like that and have it be like, you know, 
impactful, I guess. It sounds like it was, it made an impact on you and that's cool. That's yeah. It, it, do I, I mean, I don't need to go again this year Yeah. in 2023, but I'll be damned if I live the rest of my life and don't go back. Yeah. You know that it's a cool thing it, to do, and you're going to enjoy it. Yeah, it's, it's just it, really cool. Yeah. It's beautiful. Everything about it is great. And, you know, it's funny because you're talking about this, like, age of hyperbole and that it's almost cliche to, like, go see a concert at Red Rocks. In the museum, I didn't read every placard. Yeah. But there was one where they were talking about some – I can't remember who the uh, organization was, but this organization had this – award for best music venue in the world yeah. every year and after red rocks was established red rocks won every single year for x amount of years <laughs> until they just they did not allow red rocks to be entered into it anymore <laughs> they wanted to um, yeah they wanted to celebrate somebody else right it's it is yeah it's and perhaps it's funny, the venue it's the funny world, because yeah. you know as a matter of fact i'm gonna go even further with this i think that was the biggest show that they've played. Like there's like yeah. 10,000 people at Red Rocks, right? Mm-hmm. I went to the biggest show they played this year. And I think ever yeah. that they've, you know, the largest audience. I was also at the smallest show that they played this year and probably the smallest show that they'll play unless they play some really weird private event. They played the Newport Folk Festival after show. So Newport yeah. Folk has these like each night they have two or three sponsored charity fundraiser after shows and i i know i've talked about it on the podcast but they it was at newport blues cafe and it was like 300 people there so i saw them in front of 300 people and i saw them in front of 10,000 people and like both times they absolutely brought the energy let's say it's like but it's two fundamentally different experiences you know um that's pretty and you you uh, may be the only person that did that this year There's one other person. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, yeah, yeah, I mean, outside of your, yeah, whoever went with you, yeah, like yeah. that is like that's a cool thing, um, especially for it's a band a, that you love. Um, you know, it's really cool. So, yeah, that's some hype. What What about you? So, uh, my, I'm going to cheat on this one a little bit. I'm combining two trips together as a one of my three hypes. That would be my my two trips to the UK this past year uh, when I went to Wales for my buddy Mark's wedding. And uh, when I went to Butte for the World Championships, um, it was just great to travel again because I've been such a homebody since the pandemic and everything. And uh, it was stressful and it was scary, but I wound up realizing that, oh, I can go travel, you know, by myself and be fine and have a good time. And saw some friends and caught up with people I hadn't seen in, in a long, long time. So that was that was really nice, um, you know. So, yeah, my two, two trips yeah, to the no, UK I mean, is like a- one of my hypes. Yeah, yeah. kind of like for you, you've always been the guy that's traveled more than most of the people that I know, and most of it's international, mm-hmm. and most of it's connected to surf kayaking in one way or another. Yep. And yeah, you didn't fucking leave the house for two years, and now you, you'd spread your wings again. That's a big deal. Yeah, and it's, man, my social anxiety has been impacted by being home for that time. You know, being out in the world is scary to me now, you know, so it was... It was a good thing for me to go travel and kind of expand my horizon. Just remember, they're more scared of you than you are of them. <laughs> yeah, I'm just walking around with like a sharpened stick everywhere. Just don't come near me. I'm feral. Uh, what's your next hype? Uh, this year's uh, Masters World Championships was a big deal for me. Um, not to get too deep into it, but um, I I 
ever since I've been an owner of the Providence Bravo Club, I've I've owned it alongside another coach. Mm-hmm. And in this summer, he and I went our separate ways. Mm-hmm. And so he went and started a new gym. And of course, there was a whole you know, continuum of emotions that went into that and no separation is ever, you know, exclusively bad or exclusively good. And there were hurt feelings along the way and and whatnot. And there was a lot of concern on my end about whether or not, um, how I was going to be as a coach on my own exclusively. And, um, a lot of what goes into coaching is, is preparing somebody for competition and writing their workouts, you know, months in advance and planning when they're going, trying to plan their workouts so that they are at their best when it's time for competition. And, um, I hadn't been solely responsible for that in a long time. Now there are periods of time where I am solely responsible for that for seven to 10 athletes at a time, but never for the entire gym all at once. And um, one of the individuals um, that was going to compete in this competition had been experiencing a tremendous amount of psychological barriers with respect to one of the lifts in competition. And she was incapable at the very beginning of the preparation from lifting you know about 10 kilos less than what her best was some people would call it the yips yeah okay to give it a Mm -hmm. term so she was going through that and to make a long story short i worked with her individually for four months straight just me all by myself of course she's the one putting in the work i'm not trying to take credit for you know but it was like you know, I think any any good coach is going to have a certain amount of doubt. Mm-hmm. If you don't have doubt, are you really, you know, like trying to improve yourself, yeah. right? And so, you know, I guess once I was on my own at the Providence Barbell Club, I was like, all right, well, this is either going to, I'm either going to sink or swim with respect to my own, like, imposter syndrome or healthy doubt. Which one is it? Because it could be healthy doubt most of the time, but other times it could veer into something more negative and become imposter syndrome. So, so, so to make a long story short, like, <laughs> or just to keep it long, this woman performed better in this competition than she's ever performed in any competition ever in her entire life. And she won the world championships. She won the fucking masters world championships. She got the fucking gold medal, set a personal best for herself. And, like it was so cool like i've i have been brought to like a single tier in competition before just like the sense of pride you get Mm -hmm. when these people express all the hard work and it works out well for them like i'll experience that in every single competition i will swell with pride Mm -hmm. but i openly wept for this woman you know who was like really fucking went through it to like she she did she worked so hard right she worked harder than she's ever worked and it paid off like it paid yeah. off the timing went right and she had a good day and she won by one kilo so this was like you know any version of sport is going to have yeah. its own drama but most most dramatic moments in sport do not turn into the movies that you watch right, yeah. it's just yeah. it's just everyday life you know and for this 
primarily amateur sport that doesn't get a lot of shine in this country. It's an, it's, it's an invisible thing, right? That, that I do, that we do. Most people don't know about it. And here's this woman who's 55 years old. She's got two kids that are out of the house, out of college. You know what I mean? Like she's, she, and she fucking, I mean, we're talking blood, sweat and tears. Yeah. And she went out there and she beat this woman who has beat her every year for like six years. Wow. So not only, yeah, you know what I mean? Was it like that she climbed to the mountaintop and she finally kind of like beat this woman that's been her. Not, I mean, they enjoy a friendly enough relationship. It's not like they're mean to each yeah. other or rude to each other there's or anything a, like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. But it's been kind of her nemesis, yeah. you know? Um, and yeah, I, I competed as well. And, and, I got third place um, and that's fine. You know what I mean? Like, but I was like, it kind of didn't matter to me how I did. It was the, all of the adrenaline was poured into this woman and it was just like, holy shit. Like, yeah, I think I, I think I, I think I got a a handle on what I'm doing. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It feels good. It's a different thing having, I mean, I've done that with kayaking. I've had success and I've had students have success. And you can't really compare the two because, yeah, I'd love to be the world champion or whatever. But, like, seeing someone else that you've taught do the thing is, like, really rewarding in this way. That's It's a different – Yeah, it's crazy because she was, like – she came to me afterwards. She's like, I know it's not as big of a deal for you because you've won this before. But And I looked at it. I was like, yo, I have never won a world championship. Yeah. She thought I had. I was like, no, I've never done this, man. You, you're the only one. Huh. That's it. That's you. You know, yeah, and that was in December, yeah, and it's now the end of January. And every single time she shows up at the gym, she's still feeling it. You know, yeah, and she'll cool. show up and say, "What's up, champ?" You know, yeah, champ. That's great. She's she's always going to be a champion, and uh, she slayed yeah. her dragons to get to get to that place. And yeah, it's a it's a tough thing. That's that's that, that's some hype, man. That's really cool. Yeah, and it's like you, I'm sure you see this with coaching. There, it's like working working with kids at summer camp. I always said this. I was like, some of the kids really need your help, and then some of the other kids, eh, they, they need you there for the, you know, to help them a little bit. But they're probably going to be fine. And it's the it's the ones that need your help that like really is rewarding. Like the you know, that have some problem that you can help solve or whatever, you know. And yeah, so that's it's it's cool. So you you should be proud of that. That's really awesome. Yeah. Um. Cool. Uh, my next one is uh, making the regional championship in Magic this year. You know, it's something I, I've always wanted to make the Pro Tour, and I've, this is as close as I've gotten to it. And uh, I ju- it just really meant a lot to me. I didn't do as well there, obviously, as I wanted to, but, like, just achieving that. And playing better this year, I, I really upped my game. I made a concerted effort to uh, not make as many mistakes, play tighter, play cleaner. Uh, and it paid off and, uh, yeah, doing that, I want to, you know, I'm trying right now to make the next one, but, uh, yeah, that was, that was special for me. So I did so far, like what you're talking about, it's all stuff that I've got to bear witness to. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Yeah. It's, it, it, it's cool that like, because when we started, when we got back to the podcast, I wasn't playing much magic in person because, it wasn't happening and now you've seen me get back into it and like start uh succeeding and you know and the same thing with your you know with your competitions and stuff it's been been cool so totally it's nice to see your friends do well so 
uh, my last one is this is like <laughs> I don't know whatever this is uh, I don't usually get like this on a podcast I usually just try to make little jokes whatever yeah. but the biggest fucking hype this year for me is consistently going to therapy hey <laughs> it, yeah That's it's cool. like yo if you're thinking about maybe doing it I'm talking to anybody maybe yeah. like, yo just just try it out yeah. You know, and if you don't like the therapist that you see, don't make a decision based on therapy. Go try somebody else. Yeah. Um, I so much of my life has changed in the past couple of years, and the the biggest thread that's gone through it all is the continued presence for myself in therapy. Yeah. And um, a lot of the stuff that I've done in the past couple of years, I I don't think I'd be able to have you know, weathered the storms or appropriately celebrated the the sunshine. Yeah. If I hadn't have been, you know, consistently working on my mental health. And uh so big ups big ups to therapy. Yeah, no, props to you for that. It's it's tough, you know. I've done it before and I should be back in therapy again. Uh I really should should be too. And uh it I know it's rewarding and it's only rewarding if you're at a place where you're willing to actually embrace it and do it. And, uh, yeah. And it sounds like that's what you've been, you've really embraced it. And that's, that's something to me. I'm pretty, yeah, I'm about, I'm about, I'm I'm probably 99% healed now. So some people are saying that you're the best at therapy. That's what some people, I have heard that. Yeah. (laughs) I have heard that people are saying you should be a life coach. Now you should, you know, take it and, Um, I don't know. I mean, I kind of, I think I have been for yeah, 20 years sure. already. So, you know, I'm just yeah. better at it now. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? Don't go to therapy. Just call me. <laughs> You're going to have a number at the end of the, uh, we'll have a hotline like number for you at the end of this. I'll do it for 50 yeah. bucks. Uh, that's hype though. That's cool. I'm glad that it's going well for you. So <clears throat> what's your, what's your last one? My hype, uh, my, I mean, I guess it's my number one. I don't know. These are three like really important ones to me. This w- was going to Rhode Island with Jackie and visiting yes. you this uh, this year. Going to see Nate Bergazzi together in that really cool theater, um, and just having a good time. Like it just brought back good memories of us hanging out. And uh, I it that trip has stuck with me. I've thought about it at times when I was not feeling good. I've thought about man, that was really fun. We had a good time. Um, and, and the and the biggest hype of it all is that we're going to get to do it again. We are. You and I and and Jackie uh, are going to see uh, Death Cab for Cutie and the Postal Service at Fenway Park uh, this September. And uh, that was Jackie's Christmas present. And she is so I'm excited too. But she is just she started crying like she's so excited. It's, so I was thinking about it this morning. Cause I knew that you and I were going to record today and I was just like thinking about you and I was like, Oh man, that's going to be such a cool trip because yeah. it'll be September. It won't be oppressively hot. It won't yeah. be that humid. It'll be a good time. You know, um, you know, my, I, yeah, I have a house, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like I can, I can, you know, I guess I'm willing to talk about it. You know, I have a house yeah. out in Connecticut now and yeah. it'll just be so different than the last time you came up. Yeah. yeah. And it'll be the same. Yeah. It's gonna yeah. it's gonna be a good time and and talking about those like epic venues. I mean, going to see a show at Fenway Park is 
you know, I'm not sure it's not going to be on par with like going to uh, to Red Rocks or anything. But for me, who's never been to Fenway Park before, it's it's pretty cool, you know. So. Me neither, and I'm so excited to go to Fenway Park and not have to watch baseball. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, totally. that seems like the best time. Yeah. Great and 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 Death Cab for Kitty is a band that's kind of important to both of us. Uh, at, for you know an era of our friendship that uh you know around the OC and all that stuff. That's cool. Yeah, and I'm I've seen so, I've seen them before, so I'm even more excited to see Postal Service because I've never seen you know. Yeah, I've only seen Ben stuff. Gibbard solo with yeah. an acoustic guitar, so I guess we'll have a whole afternoon of Ben Gibbard. Yeah. It's gonna be a lot of Ben Gibbard, so there might be some more Ben Gibbard on my list um, later. All right. Um, <clears throat> well, what's the next thing? So I think we move into our favorite five other pieces of media from 2022. So we have our favorite albums of the year, and we have a little grab bag of a favorite song or album that came out before 2022, but you didn't discover until 22. Mm-hmm. So we're going to stuff other than just albums. Yeah. We decided to kind of lump everything in. Uh, we mostly focus on music on the podcast. That's mostly what we talk about, but this is like TV, video games, movies, whatever things that we consume this year that we just wanted to shout out. And uh, I've got mine ranked. You don't have to have yours ranked, but um, you know, we'll just go back. No, I don't have mine ranked. Uh, my, my number five, uh, mine, spoiler alert, mine is TV shows and movies. Um, my number five is a movie that, uh, I'm really sad didn't get some recognition during awards season. Cause I think it's just a really great film is, uh, Jordan Peele's Nope. Okay. Uh, I don't know if you saw that movie. Nope. Nope. Um, Sci- sci-fi it's his it's his first you know he's, he's done two horror films and this is his stab at at sci-fi and it's it's got some horror in it too but it's really creative um i like his style uh, oftentimes I, he's hit or miss as far as i like the f- end product that he makes i really like to get out and then that's that second movie which i can't remember the name of now um can't either it was a horror movie i i actively disliked that film loved get out and then this film is like, I think I might like it better than Get Out. Um, it's just really creative. It's weird in a good way. Uh, it doesn't overstay its welcome. Uh, some really good acting in it um, from Daniel Kalu- Kaluuya. How do you pronounce his name? Yep. Um, and sure. I really like Jordan. I pre- I really like that Jordan Peele's making movies and TV shows and stuff because I like I like his style and his writing and um, he's got some cool. There's a there's a there's an Akira reference in it. Which I was like, yeah, well, I might really go cool, watch so. that movie just for that. Yeah, uh, you, you you you'll see it and you'll you'll instantly know what it is. Um, it was, it was really good. So yeah, it's my number five. What what about you? I'll put um, All Quiet on the Western Front since you Ooh. did a movie. I'll, I'll, this is the one movie that I think is probably going to stick with me longer than any of the other movies I watched this year. I watched yeah. you know a fair amount of movies. I did a lot of rewatching of old movies this year, stuff that I hadn't seen for at least 10 years or more. Yeah. And I was happy with a lot of my rewatches, but I don't need to go down that road. This is, this is a movie that I think only came out on Netflix. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the thing that actually made me think of you a lot because the, I guess it's the score. Yeah. Uh, is, to me, the most powerful thing about that movie, and this is a powerful movie. This is a beautifully shot, mm. 
absolutely horrific movie about World War One. If you haven't read the book, I mean, it, you know, it's based on the book All Quiet on the Western mm-hmm. Front. This is a classic. I, I I tried to bring it up with uh, Andres. I don't I don't remember what his opinion of it was. I, I'm curious to know what Bill Ambler has mm-hmm. to say about it because. I was really taken by it. And it's funny because usually a movie like that, I want to see it in the theaters. Yeah. Um, And I was just, you know, home alone uh, by myself watching this movie late at night. And the, the score just fucking slaughtered me, man. It was like, it was like the last time I was so hit by something like that was in inception. Uh, yeah, uh, and that yeah. that sound that wah, wah, got a yeah. little bit played out. Yeah. You know, it became kind of a joke. Um, yeah. yeah, this is of that nature. Yeah, and when it's done well, it works, man. It, works. it got me. Yeah, yeah, That's cool. That's I, all I have to say about that. Jackie and I try to watch all most of the award season movies. Uh, we're kind of going through those right now, and uh, I have avoided that one because. I love war movies, but Jackie doesn't love them, but she's willing to watch it. But I've chosen other things so that she didn't have to watch that yet. Um, but that makes me hyped to watch it because um, I've it's been on my list. You know, I like stuff like that. Uh, 1917 was probably the last big war movie that I remember enjoying or whatever. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I'm excited. That's that's some hype. So I'm going to check it out. It's on Netflix. Um, yeah. Yeah. You know, you can see it. Um, yeah. We will watch it maybe tonight. Cool. Um, mine and it's gotten nominated for best picture at the Oscars. Um, okay. Yeah, and I think I think best score as well. So, um, speaks. Yeah, to I that. believe so, it. Yeah. Um, my number four is a TV show. It is season two of Reservation Dogs. Um, I keep saying this is one of the best shows on TV. It is up there with uh, you know, a bunch of the other shows that have been popular lately for me. And uh, I just love it. It's season two is even more like emotional. It's good follow these kids that live on a reservation and, you know, they, they're dealing with uh, the loss of a friend. And uh, this is kind of the culmination of that, what they, the seeds they sowed in, in season one are paying off in season two. And I just can't recommend it enough. Um, It's got a great soundtrack with a lot of music that you will be shazamming. Because uh, you probably won't recognize it, but it'll be like, oh wow, why well, I've never heard of this. Um, it's just really great. So that's my that's my number four. Well, I probably wouldn't just say it because I probably already know it, but like I get what you you're saying to have it. Yeah, you you probably yeah. Have it all. You got it on I only like Yeah, you got it on vinyl. I'm gonna hit. I'm gonna hit you with a video game. Okay. And um, we, I, I really only play one. Right, I play whatever video game all my friends are playing. Yeah. And I've talked a lot over the last two years about how exciting the change in format for Call of Duty. Um, Call of Duty followed the format of Fortnite. So you've got a map that is getting smaller and smaller Mm -hmm. as the game progresses. Most of these games last about 30 to 45 minutes. So over the course of those 45 minutes, you're trying to kind of build up your arsenal and earn money to buy better guns and that kind of stuff. And and it all comes down to the final circle. So everybody's getting pushed together and you might, you're going to get, you're going to get killed most of the time. You're not going to make it to the final circle most of the time. And, and it was exciting to do this because I'd been playing kind of the, didn't, didn't matter if it was Halo or Battlefield or Call of Duty. It was always kind of the same game over and over again. And you would, 
you know, pick what you, what kind of role you played in, in the game and you, the maps, and this is how we play this map. And it became routine and it became stale. And when this format was developed for this game, it was exciting because it forced us to reconsider how we work together. It forced us to work as a team all over again. And it allowed us to kind of express some level of creativity while playing a video game, which is not something that had been done in a really long time. And as corny as that might sound, it was it was really neat to get to like work as a team with my friends that we had kind of like fallen into these routines over the yeah. past 15, 20 years. And then this year, a new version of that game came out. And so you still have the same circle closing format, but then there were other formats that came with it, one of which is, you know, it doesn't matter. It was a new update, and yeah. it was very nerve-wracking, I think, for many of us, because we didn't want to lose the magic of what yeah. had it transpired yeah. over the past two years, and they did not fuck it up. That's cool. I don't even know who made it. <laughs> like, I don't yeah. care anymore. I don't follow the news. I don't care. But there's another format where you have these missions that you're trying to achieve before you need to exfil from the map. And there's the map is instead of getting smaller, there's a there's a cloud of gas in the middle of the map that's expanding. And so yeah. if you don't get out before you get uh, hit by that gas, then you then you can't get out. And once again, it has sparked the creativity of my friends to say like, okay, oh, you need to do that mission. Let me help you with that mission. Rather than just like kind of selfishly playing for your own ends, like yeah. it's forcing us to work together. And I always want to be on a team rather mm -hmm. than on my own. I don't play video games by myself. I have no interest in playing video games. I want to play with my friends. And so um, that big change happened and it, you know, it took some getting used to, but like it's, it's got me like, I don't play more frequently than I was before because yeah. I have to stay disciplined. Otherwise yeah, right. it's all I'll yeah. do. Yeah. But um, you know, I really look forward to Monday, Tuesday and Friday night whenever I get yeah. to play. And, and it's like, which version are we going to play? What do you want to do? And, and it's just neat to look forward to doing that rather than just kind of doing it by habit. Yeah. Having having played with that group, you know, for years before too, I've always enjoyed the. I'm not particularly good at those types of games, so I've always enjoyed the ones where the modes where you had to work together because I could find a role that I could do that didn't just require me being the best at shooting or whatever. Um, yeah, it was like, you know, and, and so it like gave me something to do and feel accomplished doing that. Uh, I will say that one of my I'm 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 in the text group with all you guys with that and I feel I've played with you guys a couple times and I feel so behind on like that style of game that I feel like I can't hang at all so I just never get back on and I regret that all the time because I'm like man I'd really like to play with this guys again which is nonsense because I'm not I'm not that good yeah but I'm I feel like I'm just good. like a a baby you know but maybe well, I should, maybe I should give it a shot again give it a try you know. should you yeah. totally should give it a shot again yeah. What's what's your next one? Uh, my number three is a movie that I thought I was going to hate because I tend to hate these kind of movies, especially when people tell me it's the greatest thing ever made and it's incredible and it changed their life and it's just the it's the only thing. There's we should get rid of all other art because this thing exists and nothing will ever top this. And I avoided the movie all year, and uh, it is what I would choose as best picture for the year, having seen it now. Uh, it is everything, everywhere, all at once. Uh, did you see that film? I did. 
Um, yeah, I saw it on an airplane. I saw it on an airplane too, coming back from the UK. Um, and uh, yeah, which is kind of I don't know if that was the greatest watching experience for it, but uh, it speaks to the movie that it because uh, I, I had a hard time hearing some of it because I had really bad headphones on and stuff. Uh, but well, it really got it. It really stuck with me, and I was like, "That's a really." The first watch, I was like, "That's really creative." I think it's more creative than it is like something I love. Like I'm, I, I appreciate its creativity more than I really loved it. But I was like, as I thought about it more and more, I was like, "This is a really cool movie." You know, in an era where it feels like more and more, it's like, are or is all we're gonna get to see in the theater is comic book movies from now on? Like, are we never gonna get to see these little indie movies anymore? And this, this kind of it's not a total tiny little indie movie. It had a big budget, but it's it's it feels that it's in that niche, you know, of films that kind of feel like they're going extinct, I guess. And so yeah, I, it's an original story that doesn't it's not pre existing yeah, IP, and there's not really yeah. a chance for a sequel. Yeah, and it doesn't need a sequel. It's perfect as it is, uh, and it's it's a fun action movie. It's a f- comedy. It's really sad. Uh, and I never rewatch things. It takes me a long time before I will rewatch something. I have friends that will rewatch a movie immediately. I, it takes me years before I'm willing to rewatch it. I rewatched this with Jackie because I liked it so much and wanted her to see it and wanted to experience watching it with her. And my second watch, I was just openly crying at the end. Um, it's really emotional for such a weird little quirky movie. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, I thought it was just really great, and I appreciate all the the love it's getting at the awards. Michelle Yeoh is I've loved her forever. Um, I've never I've not seen her um her Chinese films or whatever, but I've seen her in you know that James Bond movie she was in Tomorrow Never Dies and any anything she's been in that's been you know an American release I've I've enjoyed. Uh, and I hope she wins for you know the acting. Um. I, I I too I resisted watching it because I was like, man, I know this concept, and this is just a movie that's gotten a lot more people engaged in this concept, yeah. and just because of that, they think it's novel, and it's it's not going to be that novel. Yeah. And then when I watched it, I was like, God damn, this is an original fucking work. It is, and it like if you take it apart, you're like, I don't know if this actually works the way. And I'm like, I it's one of those movies you have to just be just go with it, just go with it, don't overthink it. Don't think about how every little piece of it works. Just go with it and enjoy it. And um, yeah, super creative. But also, it takes influences from the Matrix and things like that. That I films that I really like. Um, and you know, in '80s action movies and stuff, um, and kung fu films. Uh, yeah, it's just great. And uh, Ki Ki Hu Kwan, uh, the the uh, the male lead in it. Uh, he played. Uh, he was in Goonies. He was Data in the Goonies. Yep. And um, he was in. Uh, Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom, two movies that were very yeah. impactful on me as a kid. And it's kind of like, it tugged at my heartstrings a little bit to see him as an adult uh, in this film. And he, his character is, is really interesting. And I, I hope he wins the Academy Award as well. Um, so, Do you know off the top of your head without looking it up who he's up against? No. Uh, Colin <clears throat> Colin Farrell for the Fanchies of Inner Sheeran. And I don't know the rest. Yeah. If I thought about it for a while, I would. But, um, well, yeah. yeah, no, I mean, that's a, that's a great pick. That, you know, that was thinking about whether or not I put that movie on there, but I yeah. think 
Like, I, I you know, I, it may be recency bias because I watched All Quiet on the Western Front not too long ago. Yeah. Or, like, after okay. I watched everything. Yeah. Everywhere all at once. Uh, side note. Papo. Yeah. Gifted me the hot dog fingers for Christmas. <laughs> That's great. Are they, like, yeah. rubber? It's like a it's like a box like you would buy at the grocery store. It's like branded hot yeah. dog fingers, and it's from A twenty four. Yeah. Um. Bill, <clears throat> Bill bought some for one of his yeah, friends. That's cool. He like texted me because I texted him about the movie. I was like, dude, I just watched this movie. Like, yeah. whoa, oh my god, you know? And he sent me an image of like the gift that he got, and I was like, wow, that's really cool. You know, I was like excited for the gifty, yeah. and uh, and then you know a couple couple weeks later like i get a package in the mail and it's <laughs> it's those <laughs> hot dog so fingers because cool. papa right, yeah. you know papa doesn't watch too many movies yeah. you know he watches maybe five movies yeah. a year and like he and he he watched that movie and he was like really taken by it yeah. and i think that like i texted him too and i watched it and i was like yeah i finally watched this movie man like it was awesome and so that was neat <clears throat> it was neat cool i've got um two songs in a tv show left okay what's your next um, thing <clears throat> So one of the two songs of the year for me was is called Summer Dream, and it's off the Bonnie Light Horseman album, Rolling Golden Holy. Mm-hmm. And I don't know how much you want to say about a song. It was the song of the summer for me. Mm. Um, and I can't, I, I, you know, some songs you're immediately transported to a time and a place. And when I hear that song, I am immediately transported to like joy, the joy of summer. And the joy of hope mm-hmm. and ha- like happiness. Um, so if you haven't heard that song, I recommend that's the easiest thing to do is just go listen to a yeah, song. Is that, is that got the fruit bats guy on vocals or the uh, the other person? Yeah, okay. it's it's both him. So Eric Eric Johnson <laughs> and um, uh, Anais Mitchell. Um, they're it's a duet. Oh, okay, okay. They're both on it. Yeah, okay. yeah, they're both on it. Shout out to Mikey. I wouldn't know about Bonnie Light Horseman if it wasn't for Mikey. Yeah. And, um, you know, that was, it was big controversial. What was it, two years ago when we were doing our top five albums of the year and you were going to have Waxahachie. We, th- we thought we were both going to have Waxahachie's album as number one. And I chose Bonnie Light Horseman instead and never live it down. One of the big blunders but... of, of history of ranking things. <laughs> no, because just... I'm still talking yeah. about Bonnie Light Horseman and you're you're not still talking about Waxahachie. I listened so to that Waxahachie album last week again. So I, I love that album. Uh, oh, the same one? Yeah, See? the same one. I'd... See, I'm listening to that, that new Bonnie Light. Okay. Still relevant. Yeah. Oh, Katie Crush falling off. Appears in in my list later, or, or sort of. I'm joking. I'm today. joking. She's uh, she's she is an angel, and she must be protected. Okay. <laughs> yes. You ready for my number two? Yeah. My number two is another movie that I'm actually putting over everything, everywhere, all at once. But I'm not saying this movie should win the best. This is not the movie of the year. This is the most fun I had with a movie. Uh, slightly yeah. edging out the fun I had with everything everywhere all at once, and that's Prey, the uh, Predator prequel uh, that came out this ah. year on Hulu. Um, yeah, I really just had a good time with that movie, and the acting was really good, uh, and it was just well made, and it was uh, true to the Predator material in a way that was very satisfying, but not overly done. And uh, yeah, that's, that's all I have to say about it. I think it's a fun movie and I'm glad that it, that it was made. It's a weird, weird thing to have come just straight to Hulu, but 
I, I think it's cool. We gotta go back to it. I, I started it, but then it was like too yeah. late at night. Um, I'll I, go back to it. Based I, on that. You should go back. And it's not, I will say my one critique of everything everywhere all at once is it, it probably could have been 20 minutes shorter. I think it's a little bit long. It oh. overstays its welcome just a little bit. And I didn't feel that way with Prey at all. Felt like it just kind of clicks along and, and, um, cool movie. But anyway, yeah, that's my number two. So I'm, a, I'm, I'm, I've been going in a general rank. Okay. So the, I think my second favorite piece of media that's not an album, a complete album for the year was the TV show, the bear. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I, I don't want to step on your toes. I don't know if it's on your list, but <clears throat> this was my version of what you're talking about that every single person in my life told me I had to watch the bear. And so I was like, fuck y'all. I ain't watching it. And then I don't know when it happened, but I decided to watch episode one on a day where I had like a long time free. And I was like, well, I'll just, I'll just watch first episode. And like, and then I watched three episodes in a row and then I was just doing my time until I could watch the next episode, you know, like going through the motions of life, like only thinking about that show. And it's not especially deep. So it's not like I was thinking about it, like wondering what it all meant. Like it's pretty straightforward mm-hmm. storytelling. You know, it's not that it's not to say that it's not deep in its themes, but it's not deep in it. It's not obfuscational. It's not hiding anything, yeah. you know, uh, other than when points of the story need to be told right it's just it's just good on every level yeah it's just good on every level if the you know the sound the 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 picture quality the the acting the writing the story all of it is great and i haven't seen since atlanta a show that is so clearly knows exactly what it's doing Mm -hmm. and is doing it deliberately yep and succeeding on all fronts. And so it's just very satisfying to see that. Yeah. It is very yeah. crafted. It's very, it's a vision. There's a vision behind it and it's a unified vision. Um, and the acting in it yeah. is just all, what, every single character in that show feels like I could walk up to them and, and they would be that character if I met them in real life. Yep. Like they are believable yeah. um, and, and wonderful. Um, my number one is the bear. Well, that's my number okay. one piece of media this year. Uh, it, it and it's one of those things you were my canary in the coal mine with that one because I heard everybody's like, Oh, you got to see it. You got to see it. And all the ads on Hulu and no, oh, this is the greatest thing ever. And I was like, I'm nope, I'm not going to watch that. And then you were like, Hey, I watched this. It was really good. You should check it out. I can't remember what, what how you brought it to me, but I was like, all right, yeah. well, I think you, I, I feel, I had a feeling you had the same experience probably with it being just overdone to you. And then I watched it. I think I watched it while I had COVID uh, and, uh, was kind of alone, you know, I was in the bedroom by myself and Jackie wasn't staying yeah. there with me. And, and, uh, it really just impacted me. And I, and it, I was sad that I watched it as fast as I did. Cause I yep. was like, I don't want this to be over, but I'm kind of glad it's over. Cause I think it's the perfect length. It doesn't, it does once again, it doesn't over overstay its welcome, you know? And it, it sets up for it, it's an interesting future for the show. And um, it, and what a celebration of food and, and the people that make food. And, and I, I texted you this, this week. I said, I think it might be one. It is in the running for greatest single season of TV of all time for me. Um, I'm not saying it is. And I, I'm just I, saying it's considered. Like, I, I think we should sidebar on that because I think we both made a couple good points. So you said... I'm not proclaiming it to be number one, but I think it's in the conversation. I agree with true. Oh, oh, you said 
I rewatched The Bear with Jackie, probably in the conversation of the single best seasons of all time. And I said, that's bold, but not a thin limb. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I agree with you. And then I nominated The Wire season four and True Detective season one. Yeah. And then you nominated The OC season one, OG Twilight Zone season two, and Lost season one, which I think are all in that conversation. Then I put up Friday Night Lights. Yeah. And then we, and then we also added Heroes season one, Homeland season one, and then we made a distinction between a good show with a killer one season versus a bad show with one good season because you had suggested Game of Thrones season three as a good season in a bad show as well as community. And I said, I think Game of Thrones is a good show with a bad season. Yeah, with being two the final bad seasons. seasons yeah, with yeah, community. Yeah, right. And, um, yeah, correct, and then yeah. you said Walking Dead season two probably makes it on the list and perhaps season one. And I'm, I'm not sure that I can think of any others. Yeah. So, so I, that's, I'm, that's I welcome a... anyone listening to send us like, what is a television series with an incredible season with an unremarkable remainder of the seasons, yeah, you know, where there's one season, and then you said Terriers, yeah. Um, well, are ter- there ter- any, what Terriers, are we missing? Terriers was on my list of just best seasons of a show ever. Uh, we're talking about two yeah. different lists here. We're talking about the best single seasons of a TV show ever, and then we're talking about shit. The separate list is shows that had an incredible season, but overall the show was not up to par. Uh, you know, was, yeah. it's, it's in hero. It was like the hero honorary heroes list because heroes season one was so good. And that show turned out to be so bad in the end. It was so, so bad, yeah, so. but that first season was so good. Yeah. And I, and I would put lost and, on that list too, you know, just because like lost was so incredible. That first season of lost is awesome. And man, it goes downhill from there. Just, yeah. So yeah, if yeah, if anybody has any suggestions, hit us hit us with it. Uh shows that had a you know, one or two good seasons and the rest of it was just not up to par, but those those that one season was incredible. Um what else would you add to the list? You know, And I think there's only one show that I think every season is as good as the next, and that's Mad Men. Yeah. As time has gone on, yeah. as time has gone on, I think Breaking Bad falls off. Yeah. It's only celebrated by the people that wish that they were Walter White that don't understand the point, right? And I think Game of Thrones has been, you know, put to rest. Yeah. I think you can argue that The Wire each season is as good as the next, mm-hmm. but people still have their preference. Yeah. I'm not sure people have a preference of any one season over the next when it comes to Mad Men. I don't think so either. I think if we had to pick, we would have to pick one of those seasons to go on this list of best ever. But I don't know which one I would pick. They're all just really great, you know? Um, yeah. I don't know. All right. Let's move on. Cool. Uh, oh, that's my, my, my number one. Is what? Mad Men? No, my number one five other pieces of media from 2022. Was what? It's the song Slow Ready by Goose. Oh. I don't care if it's the live version. I don't care if it's the studio version. That fucking song gives me a sonic boner every yeah. time I hear it. And I can't get away from it. And I'm always, yeah. always too scared to play out a song. 
Yeah. I'm not the type of person it. that yeah. will listen to a yeah. song on repeat. Yeah. I cannot do it. I am that kind of person, and I ruin a lot of songs for myself because of that. So. Well, when I mean the the so originally, <clears throat> nobody cares about this, but I'm gonna say it anyway. Goose released a studio album called Shenanigans Nightclub, and the song "So Ready" was on it. But they were already performing a live alternate version to So Ready that was slower, but that has a different second act of the song. So the second act of So Ready is upbeat and it's a big monster jam and it's great. It's it's actually delightful. And then every now and again, they'd play an alternate version of that song that was much more slowed down. So they would call it Slow Ready in their set list. And the second act of that song, the, the, the synth into the jam, Actually, I sent it to Bill Ambler. He was like, holy shit, I actually really like this. Because he was kind of clowning me about Goose. You know I mean? Yeah. This was like back in the in the fall, maybe, yeah. of, of 22. And ever since I first heard that version of the song, I've been like, this is the distinctive version of the song for me. Yeah. And throughout the year, I've seen them play it live several times. And every single time, as soon as they start playing it, I'm like, it's just me and Rick. Yeah. You know, shout out to Grizzles. Like when when I picked up Grizzles from the airport to go, we were going to the concert in Maryland. He was like, "Do you think if you pick me up, like, we could just listen to that song together, and it could be just us and Rick?" <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Oh man, but it's uh, you know, so I, <clears throat> you know, I think that's the one song. That if people are like, give me a song to listen to, to see whether or not I like Goose, I would say go on Spotify and type in Slow Ready. Because they have a live version from like Colorado on Spotify. And if you don't like that, don't bother with the rest of the band. Yeah. It is very, very, uh, it represents them well, I think. It's my favorite song of the year. That's awesome. Yep. Cool. Uh, All right. The next thing is uh, the the song or album that we discovered this year that wasn't from this year. Yes. What What is your? So mine is a huge. So you talk about like um, <clears throat> one of your three hypes of the year was coming up to visit. Yeah. And that you know you think about that and whatever. For me, the thing that has brought me back to a, a point of gratitude for our friendship. Um, but also just like really, really cool. It was, you did a fall playlist. Yeah. And I, I was very like invested in telling you that I was listening to it. So I texted you maybe three times about listening to it. And one of those songs from that fall playlist was my favorite thing of the year that didn't come out this year. Yeah. And I put it on one of my own playlists for winter of 22 and that's that Brian Eno spinning away song. Yeah. It is like one of the most beautiful songs I've ever heard. Like it yeah. brings me to tears, it makes me excited, it brings me joy, it brings me melancholy. It's like all everything all up and wrapped up in one. Yeah. And I I like I've never really fucked with Brian Eno before. I've never really paid attention or like yeah. I know that the people that love him really really love him, but I've never really yeah even considered why I've never gone to figure it out. I've just been like, I, I don't think that's for me. I don't know that it, I don't know that it's not for me. I just don't know that it is enough for me to go investigate it. 
And man, I'm just so, every time I listen to it, I'm like, oh, I'm really glad that Joey made that fall playlist. Like, and I listen to that fall playlist probably 17, 18 times, which is a lot of times, yeah. you know, it's a, that's a lot of times. Um, and every time that song hit, it was like dopamine straight to my fucking veins. Yeah, that's cool. That makes me feel that's that's some hype for me that you it validated me a lot that you interacted with me talking to me about that list and like as someone who's like musical choices I appreciate and you know whatever it 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 means a lot that you listened to the, and that you liked it made me feel really good. And you genuinely yeah. liked it. You weren't just bullshitting me like you really liked it. And uh yeah, that song was one of my discoveries of the year too. There was a, uh, the original the version I originally had heard, which is a cover, is uh, Sugar Ray did a version on the Beach soundtrack, and I wanted no to listen to yeah, and and it's and it's probably the best thing that Sugar Ray's ever done. I was like, this is, song is lyrically deep for Sugar Ray, and I was I was like, I want to listen to that soundtrack because the Beach soundtrack's incredible. It's from the Leonardo DiCaprio movie, you know, and so I looked it yeah. up, and they don't have that version on the on the playlist they have the original song on the playlist because the sugar ray version is not allowed to be on spotify or whatever and i was like what this is a cover and i and i i am too i'm like i'm not a brian eno fan but brian eno has touched almost everything that i love in music has had some sort of impact on it indirectly yeah and john Cale's the other person that john Cale wrote the lyrics for spinning the way and, and he's from you know the velvet underground famously um and so i listened to it and i was like I listened to that song 50 times in a row just cuz it's about it's about making art and stuff and it's you know it's called spinning away but the the effect the way that they do the sonic sounds in it it, it feels like you're spinning when you listen to it like it's it gives the feeling of spinning as you listen to it just it's 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 really interesting well produced song so yeah that 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 makes me excited that that was your that was your yeah your <clears throat> I um yeah, I love it. I, I'm, I'm going to go listen to it after we record. Yeah, everybody go listen to it. The lyrics are just great. Um, and uh, yeah, it's it's really awesome. They, you know, I've been listening to some of Brian Eno's stuff that he did with David Byrne because some of that, speaking of The Bear, The Bear has an incredible soundtrack. Um, really, some choices that you wouldn't think would be on there. And then other things like Wilco that are Chicago related uh, on there too. But there's a, there's a Brian, uh, Brian Eno, David Byrne song from that album they did in the 80s on there that's really good so I was listening to that I've been into the talking heads lately so cool uh my song that wasn't from 2022 but I listened to this year or discovered this year was uh this this band called Dury D-U-R-R-Y uh it's a it's a brother and sister team and they made music during the pandemic because they were stuck in the house together and it sound the guys the way the guy sings sounds a little bit like Post Malone, um, and he's got that hipstery dirtbag kind of thing going on or whatever. But uh, it's called "Who's Laughing Now," and uh, it has some of the most creative lyrics I think of the year. And it's touched. You can probably appreciate this in a way. It's talking about how people told him he needed to live his life, and it turned out not being the way they told him. Like. One of the lyrics is, my dad said I had to learn how to drive a stick shift, but every van I ever had was an automatic. So, like, he had to do this thing that his parents were like, you know, my mom said I would regret it if I ever got a tattoo. She said I would never get a job like I ever wanted one anyway. Um, <laughs> you know, like, it's 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 a clever song, and it's well-made, well and I listen, you know, it's, it's 
it's just a single. I don't think they have an album out or anything, but it was. It, I think it was released in 2021. But yeah, that was my song of the year. For uh, that was from not from the year. So I have six albums. So one of them is an honorable mention, okay. and I've got them ranked. So I'm going to start with my honorable mention. You get one honorable mention too. Well, let me let me say let me preface this with I got two albums that were disappointing to me this year. Can I mention that Ooh. first? Yeah. These are my most disappointing albums of the year. And I'm not I'm going to preface this by saying I'm not saying these these albums are shitty. They're not bad. They're fine. They just I was disappointed in them. One was uh 12 Carat Too Thick by Post Malone cuz I loved right. that last album he did, Hollywood's Bleeding. That album like chugs along and it makes progress and it's like builds and builds and it's it's great. And this song, this album was just boring to me and it never took off. Like it, I felt like it just stuck in first gear the whole album long. And it's these droning, sad vocals from him, uh, with various you know features on it. And it just it just disappointed me after I loved that last Post Malone album so much. And the other disappointing one was Kendrick Lamar's Mr. Morale and the Big Steppers. Um, Ooh, whoa that's the hottest take of the year it is and i get that and i i i'm a late i I've, I've not been a fan of him since the beginning i only got on board with him during damn like i've just never listened to him before and i loved damn i thought it was really great tight album well produced and and this is this album is just you know we live in this era now where thankful i mean on the good side they we let these geniuses make whatever they want we let Martin Scorsese make the three and a half hour long Irishman. And we let Kendrick Lamar, they said, make the album you want to make. And it is so this, it feels like, man, that the era of like editing things down is just over. And I feel like sometimes things need to be edited down, you know, even great. Well, that's funny because my number five album is making the opposite point that you want <clears throat> things to expand more. No, that my number five album, one of the reasons is on there is because it's tight. And one of the directions that I think specifically hip hop is headed in is the 45 minute album. You think it's going to get, yeah. Well, if you look at it, the lens of hip hop, I think I'm looking at it overall as like movies, TV, everything. It feels like everything's expanding and getting longer and movies are getting longer and damn, I, I miss 90 minute movies, you know? So if it is trending towards shorter hip hop albums, I think I'm into that. Uh, yeah. This album, if well, you look, if you look at this album on Spotify, it is broken into three discs on Spotify. One of the discs has one song on it. Inexplicably, I don't know why. Um, anyway, what were you gonna say? Well, I don't. I mean, I I hear what you're saying, but I I think it was like it was like maybe three or four years ago. I was like, Jesus, it was like I think it was. Vince Staples FM album, which uh -huh. is a fucking banger. And I don't, I like, I will fight anybody that doesn't like it. And I remember being like, what the fuck, man? I want more, dude. Like, yeah, I want more. Right. I don't want to be done with this in like 35 to 40 minutes. And it, and those, you know, <laughs> there was a, a series of like eight albums that Kanye produced. Uh, you know, yeah. one was Pusha T, one was yeah. his own, so on and so forth. And they were all short, too. And they all pack a punch. Yeah. And my number five album of the year, I'll get into it, and then we'll come back, because yeah, I'm sure, already on sure, it. Sure, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's a Pusha T album. It's almost dry. 
And I think that album is like 43 minutes. I'm here and for it. I did not listen is to it, that album. I need to. You said it to me, and I didn't listen to it. And I'm sorry. Well, that, no, that's fine. I don't think. I don't even know if it's like really truly one of my top five albums of the year. But I love the fact that like this is to me the direction that these hip hop albums are going in. That there is no fat yeah, whatsoever yeah. on this album. Every single song is worth listening to. And I love it. Like I put it on and I know that for the next, like, and usually, I mean, granted, some of this is a function of me like working out for me to do one of the exercises that I do. It's about 45 minutes. Yeah. And this is going to be the tone of this for the next 45 minutes. This is the tone of my attitude. It's cohesive. It's thematic all the way through. There's the same thread that runs through the entire thing. Now, granted, with Pusha T being such a formalist of kind of only rapping about three things, <laughs> that theme is going to be self-evident right. anyway, yeah. right? But, um, but I, I will always, and I know I'm speaking to a friendly audience with most of the listeners. Like, I'm always going to sign up for a new Pusha T album. Yeah. But the last two that he has done are like incredibly good, and this man is older than I am. Yeah. He is. Does he have any business rapping? I don't know. What's the expiration date on rapping? And he's still rapping about the same old shit, but it's not about what he's rapping about. It's the fact that he continues to develop new metaphor. You know, like, I love it, and the production's great, and and I'm in and out. I'm in and out, and I I love that. So I don't know. I mean, maybe some... I think think we're both right, that many artists are given too much license, too much rope, and they go too far, and they need to be pulled back. But then there's also this other kind of like gist of the way music is going where everybody knows it's about the three or four singles. Like just release a couple singles every three months and you're going to stay relevant because of, you know, the way that streaming works these days. But if we have an album, like give me a give me a 30, 45 minute album. I'm in. I'm in every time I'm in. Yeah, I think that speaks to two different things. I think that the, the Kendrick Lamar situation is he had the freedom to do this and he wouldn't want to cut anything. I think the the other side of that is that albums don't have to have filler on them anymore. I think they've hit a point where they're like, we don't have to put a bunch of filler on here. We can just release the best tracks and that's it. And I'm into that for sure. Like, yeah, that's great. Um, yeah, yeah the, the, the first half of this Kendrick Lamar, the, the, the album starts getting interesting to me towards the last few songs. But man, it takes a long time to get there. The first, the first disc, quote unquote, feels like the whole thing is undercut with sad John Legend piano. Every single track is sad John Legend piano. Every single one, you know. And I, I it's just unremarkable to me in a way that, like, I know that like people, every, people, some people are gonna praise everything he does, and I'm not saying this is a bad album or anything. It just was disappointing to me after I've really loved Damn, you know. Which Damn is a tight album, you know. This was this was not so. I don't know. I mean, to be honest with you, I didn't. I don't. I don't hold Kendrick Lamar in, in sainthood status. I don't. So that surprises me. Kind particularly of particularly care. He feels like someone that you would really be into, but I don't know. Yeah, he's somebody that I ought to, but I don't. Yeah. I can't bring myself to care that much. That's fine. Um, All right. So, so my honorable mention yeah. is uh, Kevin Morby's album. This is a photograph. Yep. It's a great album. There's nothing wrong with it. I just like the other five that I have listed a little bit more, and I return to them more frequently than his. When his first came out, I listened to it straight for like, you know, two, three weeks. I love it. 
Um, I want to know what Mikey has to say about yeah. it because Mikey, once again, is the guy that turned me on to, the, uh, to Kevin Morby, period. Um, he is maybe not famously, but he has partnered with Katie Crutchfield, Waxahachie. So the two of them together, I, I think of them together. Mm-hmm. Um, he actually just this week released another album. I think it's like a, I don't know if it's an actual soundtrack to a movie or not. Um, there's not really any lyrics, no singing in it, except yeah. for one song. And it's Katie Crutchfield singing. Oh, okay. Um, not even him. So I don't know. I listened to it like twice and I was like, what's going on here? But I didn't have the time to like research it or learn whether or not it's an actual movie or not. It just sounds like a soundtrack. It's not like anything he's done before, but this is a photograph. It's a, it's a great album. And I, now that I'm talking about it, I kind of want to go back and listen to it again. Yeah. Um, so that's my honorable mention. Yeah, what about I, you? I listened to that album and I remember liking it better than his previous album just that I did not like very much. Uh, yeah. but I don't really, it didn't stick with me or anything. Um, but it's, it's, you know, it's whatever I, uh, uh, I remember it being good. Uh, I have some quick honorable mentions here. I'll go through them quick. So some things that are relative to things that you suggested to me that were close to my list, yeah. but didn't make it Uh wise river by the kitchen dwellers. Listen to that. Yeah. Enjoyed them. Like yeah. you said, I would, uh, but they weren't, they wouldn't be here. Um, it, they wouldn't be my top five. Bonnie Light Horseman album. That album, I liked it a lot better than the first Bonnie Light Horseman album. I like the songs that the Fruit Bats guy sings on, and I do not like the other vocalist. Uh, so it's like half of the album is like, yeah, it's great, and the other half is like, I this ain't for me, you know. It's, it's, it, she. She's uh, the single most winning Tony, like female Tony Award winning playwright. Really? She's like genius, yeah. like God level yeah. genius. She wrote this play that I'm going to get to see this year that Mikey saw just a couple weeks back. Um, damn it. Oh, it's called Hades Town. Mm-hmm. And I think it won seven Tonys when it premiered on Broadway. And she is the sole author. Wow. And so therefore the only woman to win that many yeah. Tonys on Broadway. And it's just so funny to hear you be like, didn't quite respond to her. I'm not, I'm not talking yeah, shit. Like, like you know what I mean? Guy. Like yeah. you got well, to listen to her without knowing beforehand that she, you're listening to somebody that's like an, an unknown talent. American yeah. institution. Right. Well, and I'm not, I'm not saying she's bad. She's, she's great. She's a great vocalist. She's, it's just, the songs, the type of song she's on trends more into like too much of the Americana ish type stuff for me. Yeah. A little too into the like twangy stomp and clap type stuff or something. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Not to shit on it. I'm not shitting on it. It's, no, you're, it's no, well you're done. Right. But like the stuff with the Fruit Bats guy is more indie rock with a country twinge to it to me. And like that's the mm-hmm. stuff that I like better. So, um, yeah. And, so two other albums Tipping Point by Tears for Fears. Tears Fears came out with a new yeah. album this year. Uh, there's a couple really great tracks on it. Overall, it didn't stick with me. I'm glad they're still making music because I love them. Um, and my number six that just just got bumped out of the top five was Dashboard Confessionals, All the Truth I Can Tell, which I know you're going to clown me for for calling that out. I'm going to clown you. I'm just surprised that they had an album out. Well, in their first couple albums, I still religiously listen to those and love them. And this is like a return to form. It feels like it's back to some of the roots of what he's Chris Caraba's doing and the stuff. Uh, it would be in my top five if it wasn't for the fucking four songs on it that are like, I had a kid, so now I know everything there is to know in the universe. It's yeah. it's an epidemic 
these indie rockers and stuff have a kid and they're like, see, now all the secrets of the universe are unveiled to me and you don't know anything about life. So, yes, I had kids. And I it is incredible. You know, <laughs> so that bumps it out. So, anyway, that's my honorable mentions. What Your number five was, was what? My number five was Pusha T's It's Almost Dry. Yeah, I know. The, you, I asked you to send me a list of stuff to listen to, and I listened to most of it, and I did not listen to that one. So I will I will make an effort to listen to that. I'm sure you're going to like it. I like Pusha T a lot. Um, you have a good time. My number five that just made the list, because Jackie's been playing it in the house, and um, is Death Cab for Cutie's album that came out in September, uh, Asphalt Meadows. Um, I read a... I had formed my own opinion about it, and then I read a Pitchfork review about it, and I was like, is this like a return to form of like a return to like what they sounded like early on? And I can't remember how they described it, but the album was like, they were like, yes, it's not like rehashing old stuff, but it feels like it was, you know, the, their their guitarist left a few years ago, and he was a big part of that. The He produced all their stuff. So when he left, the albums that came out after him would just had a different feel to them, and I didn't really like them as much. And this one feels yeah. more along the lines of transatlanticism. Uh, ben Gibbard sounds great on it. The vocals are really well produced. Um, and I, I really love the lyrical content. It is sad in parts like Death Cab albums are, but it's not mopey. Um, and it's got some hope to it, too. I mean, it was written, it's it's a reaction to the pandemic. You know, he was doing his own shows during the pandemic from his house and streaming them. And some of this is stuff that he worked on during that, I think. And so that kind of impacts it. Like a lot of albums this year, the, the pandemic, you know, influences some of the lyrics and stuff. And uh, yes, yeah, it's, it's a really good listen. Um, listen to the last song on it. I can't remember what it's called. If you, if you want to see if you're going to like it or not, listen to, um, what is that called? I won't give up on you, I think. Uh, sorry, dead air here. I'll follow you into the dark. No, it's not that. I'll never give up on you is the, the name of it. Uh, that Listen to that song, and if you like it, listen to the rest of the album. It has some of those epic, it's got some of those epic songs like Transatlanticism on it. And uh, yeah, it's, it got me hyped to go see them because I'm like, wow, I like, they're going to play stuff off this new album, and I'm actually going to like it and want to hear it, you know? So Cool. I guess I'll have to go listen to that album. Yeah, I think you I th- you put it on in the background and see if anything speaks to you with it. So. Yeah. All right, what's your number four? Uh, my number four is the album called No Rules Sandy from Sylvanesso. Oh. Some of this, some of the reason I'm choosing some of these, like uh, I chose that Pusha T because I do like the truncated album. Yeah. Same and <clears throat> when this summer I went to Newport Folk Festival, Sylvanesso was a headliner. Yeah. And they came out and they said, hey, we got a treat for y'all we're going to play our new album that doesn't come out for three more months all the way through for the first time ever. And they played no Rules Sandy. And I was right there and it was, you know, kind of like a celebration in Newport in the fact that like the first time the high women played their first album, they played it at Newport. And I was, I'm not trying to flex. It's just like, it was really cool to be at like this debut of this new album. It's more of the same. Yeah. You know, like to, that, as far yeah. as Sylvanesso is concerned, yeah. it's like high energy dance music, really cool vocals from Amelia Meath. Like, 
you know, her husband, I can't remember his name right now. He's, he was playing live. Like I always just assumed that their concerts would be more like DJ sets. Um, yeah, but no, he's playing that and he's, he's flexing the, the time of the songs. Like he's playing with the time signature. He's pulling it apart. He's bringing it together. It was my second time seeing them in 2022. So this is crazy. My very first concert of 2022, which was like, uh, I think it was like January 15th. Yeah. I saw them in Boston yeah. and it was, it set the tone for the year. It was one of the coolest concerts I've ever been to. The light show was outrageous. I was totally blown away by how much energy they brought to the house of blues there in Boston. It was the same fucking shit at Newport. Like it was off the hook. Like it was great. And so getting to listen to that album, maybe the album itself isn't like even their best. Like, I don't know how much would beat their first album. It's so cool and unique and novel, but it's still a great sound. I enjoy listening to it, but I think some of the reason it's on that list is because the moment, you know, because of the moment of being able to see it performed live. Yeah. That's uh, funny enough. Jackie had, uh, had tickets to see them here in Wilmington. Um, and I think they got COVID the day before and they canceled the show and she was really bummed about it. Cause she really likes them a lot. Was excited to go. So, yeah, I'll tell you what, if, even if you're not even that familiar with their music, if you like going to concerts and you like dancing, if they are ever within like yeah. 50 to a hundred miles of your town, I really recommend going to see them live. Yeah. I think I was going to be in the, I was in the UK when that was happening. So I wasn't going to be able to go with her anyway, but I will go see them if they come back. Hopefully they'll come back to make yeah. it up to everybody. Cause they, they didn't reschedule the show or anything, but they just, they refunded everybody. So. Wow. It's Wilmington. Uh, we're getting a lot of, we're getting Dave Matthews band here this summer. I don't know if you've ever heard of them. Album. Two nights of Dave they Matthews got a new band. coming out. Yeah. Yo, I just listened to the uh, the single uh, from oh. the new album, and it sounds like uh, before these crowded streets. Like it sounds okay. like the way they used to sound. I, I'm gonna check out the album. Yeah, I might check it out too. I mean, I I I don't know if I'll go to that show. I think that the tickets are gonna get all bought up by people from out of town, but uh, we'll see. That usually happens with the big names that come here, and then we never can get tickets. But um, yeah, that, that I love that you think it's with out of towners that buy the tickets. There's no way it's everybody in Wilmington that wants to go. Well, no, I mean all the hotels fill up and stuff. It's people want to come to Wilmington to see the show because they were by the beach, you know. So they make a weekend of it, and you know, especially get out to Figure Eight Island. Especially that, yeah, yeah, they don't let people like me out at Figure Eight Island. Um, yeah, they, they, uh, they, they, it's. I don't know. We're getting a lot of big, bigger names for that. That new venue is getting bigger names here. What's your number four? My number four is uh, George, the album by G. Yamazawa. Uh, I don't know if you remember that song, North CAC, that he did a few years ago. No, I, in fact, Fabian. I'm convinced you're just trying to put some shit I'm on just here making that nobody stuff else up. No. G. Yamazawa, he did a song that was regionally very popular here called North CAC, and it was about living in North Carolina. Uh, North CAC, baby, I'm a boss. Carolina barbecue sauce with the slaw. Did I never send you that track? It, it, his first album is called Shouts to Durham, and he blew up. He's like a Japanese-American. Uh, he comes from a background of uh, uh, slam poetry. And he took off, and his first album is really awesome. And he went out to the, he went out to California because he signed a record deal and stuff, and then wound up coming back home during the pandemic. He made another album after that that I didn't like as much. And then he came back home 
uh, during the pandemic. And this album, George, is like kind of him trying to get back to his roots and stuff. Big Crits on it. He does a feature on it. Um, okay. And he's just a really... I like his flow, and he's a really creative guy. It, his name is... his G stands for George. He always makes a joke at the concerts that when have you met a Japanese guy named George? But uh, we saw him here a couple years ago, and he was we got to meet him afterwards. He's super nice, and uh, this album is just really cool. Um, it's I mean, not a lot of people would know about it. Like I said, he was a pretty big deal here regionally, but uh, never you know never really hit the national stage that that hard. But um, yeah, it's a real. Wait. It's it, a lot of the album. The, the appeal of the album to me, a lot of it is about singing about like being in your hometown and driving around and listening to music and stuff like that. Um, there's, there's a nostalgia to it that I really like. And uh, I just wanted to give it some love because he's oh, an artist. That really. these days. Yeah, you ain't. You just sit in the driveway and listen to the music. Um, <laughs> yeah, I wanted to give him some love just because I think he's a really talented artist and, uh, you know, he's not, not that well known. So that's my number four. Sweet. My number three is uh, Revelator Sound System. From the Revelators, which is a side project from NC Taylor, from his Gold Messenger. Uh, <clears throat> in fact, he was like hyping up, like, oh, I'm going to do it. I got something coming out this year, something coming out this year. And I was utterly fucking convinced it was going to be a covers album of all Grateful Dead songs. Yeah. And I was like, I was ready to go to Vegas and bet on that. Why? Why would it be Grateful Dead songs? Well, he usually. He'll usually cover at least one song every concert. Okay. And and when he was playing, he played a solo set at Newport. And he was like, yeah, I got something coming out this year I'm real excited about. And then he went into a Grateful Dead song. And I was like, come on. I fucking know this. I'm a, I'm the, nobody's a bigger stand for MC Taylor than I am. Yeah. Right? So I had to be right about something. No, well, no. This is like jazz dub, fucking 60s era sound him and one other dude and there's like no lyrics and it's just a fucking vibe and it's not even one that you want to listen to every day but when you're in the mood for it nothing hits better i encourage you to check it out it's only four songs again it's like 45 minutes nice. one of the songs is like 12 minutes the other ones are like eight or so minutes yeah. it's obvious they're like they're just really in the mix you know they're just like really in the pocket in playing the, yeah there's a there's a drum solo on one of the songs that's that's easily my favorite drum solo of the year. This is like captured in studio in one moment, like one perfect moment. Yeah. Um, so, Revelator sound system from the Revelators, number three album. Not much more to say other than like probably as as like an idea, as a side project. This is it. This is what yeah, you, what you I, I don't know. This is it. what it's I want my favorite cool. musicians yeah. to do. Yeah. It's just like do this other thing this one time. Yeah. That this muscle that they've been trying to flex for a while, they did it. I don't know if he's going to do another album like that or not. I don't really care. I don't listen to it all the time, but it's one of those like every now and again we'll have an album on there which you didn't listen to on repeat, but you're really glad it exists. Yeah. And yeah. that's my album this year. And when you go back to it, you're like, yeah, this was good. Uh, I did. I did yeah. enjoy this. Yeah, it's not like an every day, or it's like every once a year or something, or once every couple of years yeah. you listen to it. That's cool. I'm gonna check that out. Sounds like something I'd like. Yeah, I was getting excited. I was. Oh yeah, it's just him doing five different versions of Touch of Grey. It's you know five <laughs> different covers of Touch of Grey by the Grateful Dead. 
my number three oh, album man. is gonna be may surprise you a little bit uh it is you're getting a lot of credit on on my list today uh my number i'm about three, to pull my dick out <laughs> my number three is drip fields by goose let's go this album i've talked about it on the podcast before but i'm gonna rehash it here this album could have been my number one it, it wasn't go on it was in the conversation the first half of this album give or take I absolutely is like, man, it is like right up my alley. It's like uh, epic songs that build and build and build and chug along and have this like uh, different types of uh, percussion on them and, and some synthy stuff and some like, uh, you know, it's electronic, but not really. It builds and builds it's and builds. Very, yeah. And it's very like, like I said, I compare them. I compare not them overall, but this album, the, that first half of this album to, sounds like talking heads, stuff like that, you know? Not exactly like it, but you can hear that influence of that stuff that in the stuff that I like. Um, and then the second half of the album, you told me before that I like you're like you probably like the songs that this guy does, and you don't like the songs that this guy does. And I think that's true. The more country uh, jam bandy sounding stuff is not really for me, and that's what keeps it from being number one for me. Like. Yeah. That first, those first three songs are like one of the best first three songs on any album. It, it I would put that up there with just about anything. Just about like, wow, these all work together. They're cohesive. Uh, the, great. It, one of the best openers, uh, th- you know, three song openers of an album, maybe of all time. Like, seriously. So, like, so the the first three songs that Joey's referencing are Born, Hunger Sight, and Drip Field. And then the fourth song is Slow Ready. So I would I would say four. The top the yeah. first four is like that is a one of the greatest starts to an album, maybe of all time. And then that other And then it goes into the Whales, which is a song written by Peter, yeah. the keyboardist, and he's so fucking corny. Yeah, it's corny and it's in the style of it is so different than that. You know, like, I feel like I'm like, oh, this is almost like this. It That first four feels like it's like, oh, this is going to be Dark Side of the Moon or something. You know what I mean? (laughs) Like, not to say it's on the same par or whatever, but like it is that it. Oh, this is going to be a cohesive piece that all fits together in this and that. And it hits that whale song. And I'm like, well, that's this is like a completely different band. It sounds like. Yeah. And and I know that like Goose true goose fans would shit on me for saying that but it's no i think real like i think most like people that are like actually like pretty deep into goose they they know that or or i don't know i mean maybe i'm speaking out of out of hand but i know plenty of people that are like yeah i don't really love the peter songs you know most of the peter songs are like they're just stunted i really want the out i want to see what the album would look like if those first four songs continued in that style yep. through the whole thing. And it had a cohesive style to it. And there's some of the songs on the second half I've, I've, that have grown on me. Um, as I listen to it more, I've listened, I've listened to it every so often. And, um, and is the album yeah, is very good. Um, and the songs I don't like aren't shitty or anything. They're not badly made. They're just, there's three more songs on there that are true bangers. One is arrow. One is hot tea. And then the, the very last song, seven twenty six. but you've got the whales, Moonrise and Honeybee, and they're just they kill me. I, you know, they kill me. Yeah, so I feel you, man. That's, I, I mean, I appreciate you. 
I appreciate that it's on your list. Yeah. I appreciate what you have to say about those first four songs. I think you're right. It's disjointed because they're doing something different than just making an album. Yeah. You know, they're not yeah. making one album. Yeah. They're they got two songwriters and they're they're giving shine to both. And it's funny because when you when you see the set lists, like most of the set lists that everybody love, that everybody's like, Duh, tonight was great. Like this was a, one of those shows. It's usually Rick songs. You know, it's not like yeah. There's a couple of songs that Peter has written that are really good setups for monster jams mm-hmm. that like pancakes and Redbird, like those two songs like Redbird is fucking corny as fuck. Yeah. And I love it. I, that's right. one of the songs yeah. of Peter songs that I absolutely love, but it's because you go off a cliff into the deepest sea of the Mariana trench for this jam. Yeah. And I know it's common, you know what I mean? But like getting through pancakes, Anyway, whatever. We don't need to talk anymore about Goose. Yeah. People are tired of it. Go no. listen to Driftfield. Give it a chance. That I just it it's close to being an all timer for me, but just uh, it, what could have been, but but <laughs> it's very good. Been. There's a reason it's number three on my list. So yeah, yeah. What's your uh, what's so my your number list? two is Rolling Golden Holy Bonnie yeah. Light Horseman. We've talked about it enough. Um, I was really nervous about this album coming out because that first album was so perfect to me. Yeah. It's a perfect album. I never skip a track. I love every single one. Every time the next song, song comes on, I get excited to hear that song all over again. This album is not on that level, but it's still my number two album of the year. It's still really incredible. I was lucky to get to see them again this year in concert. They did not disappoint. They're now traveling. So I saw them in at the end of 2021. Um, and it was just the three of them. Yeah. And then I saw them near the middle of 2022 with, they were the opening act for, uh, Bonnie Vare and they had a, 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 a drum player and a bass player on stage with them. And I thought, Oh, that's probably because they're like opening for this much larger sound, you know? So they wanted to kind of match the sound. And then when I saw them again, just back in December, it was at the Sinclair in Boston, which is this kind of heralded room. You know, it's a really good room uh, to see music. It's where His Gold Messenger will play. It's where any of the acts that I tend to really like are going to fill that room. And they had the the bass player and the drummer there still. So I'm guessing that they're just like, because the new album is a larger sound, mm-hmm. they're traveling with these guys More as well. Yeah. Um, and they don't disappoint. It's a, it is very much like my vibe you know like what i like about music all the time it's going to be something it's like what i would call folk pop yeah uh i think folk pop is my is it's just the sound that i find myself drawn to more than anything else and uh and they they just did a great job with that album what's your number two that that song exile off of that album is a standout for me exile it's my second favorite song in the album really like that really like that and that's that fruit and i went back and listened to that siamese dream you know he the guy from the the fruit bats covered all of siamese dream and man that is such a good piece of work if you haven't listened to it it made you like it more i yeah yeah it's great I, i remember when that when i first sent it to you you were like this is cool but you were coming at, I think you were coming at it from Smashing Pumpkins, and it doesn't really satisfy if you're coming at it from, like, I want to hear Siamese Dream. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Well, or at least that was yeah. my experience. Like, I wanted to hear Siamese Dream done by Eric Johnson, and I didn't. 
Yeah. I didn't really like it that much. And then I went and I, I, I'm always listening to Fruit Bats. I love Fruit yeah. Bats, Bonnie Light Horseman. And then I come back to it from that angle of like, I want to hear Eric Johnson play something else. Yeah. And it's like, fuck, that's really good. Well, Siamese Dream is a perfect album to me. So I'm like, well, get the fuck out of here covering that. Mm -hmm. and, but man, it yeah. is so good. And it's such an interesting, t truly creative takes on those songs. And you can hear the lyrics for once. Because when Billy Corgan yeah. sings, you cannot hear any of the lyrics. So I have learned a lot about Siamese Dream, which I have probably listened to more than any album in my life. And I've never understood what the lyrics were to half the songs. And because he enunciates when he sings... You can hear it. So anyway, that's what old you're saying shit. is I need to convince Eric Johnson to cover Van Morrison's Astral Weeks. Yeah. So I truly get that album, yeah. even though I've listened to it more than any other album. In my I life. would listen. To, I would listen to that if you did that. So, yeah, mm -hmm. I'll uh, write him a letter. <clears throat> yeah. <clears throat> my number two, and it could have been my number one. Very close. My number one and two here <clears throat> is uh, and it's a little mainstream, I know, but Bad Bunny's on Verano Sin T. Uh, Bad Bunny has blown up over the past five years, and we've talked about it on the podcast before. As a DJ, I got into him because I had to play his stuff in the club because people want to hear Bad Bunny. They ask you for it all the time. I think this album's really well done. It's got it, it's got a lot of heart to it. I don't. I've looked up the translation of the lyrics. Obviously, it's all in Spanish, but uh, I you know I don't know what he's saying in a lot of the songs but you can it transcends that you can get the feeling of what the song's supposed to be about i think um and it he experiments with a lot of different um you know he does a lot of mumbaton and stuff like that but he experiments with a lot of different styles of music on that album it is a little bit long as an album it is a double album um that's one of my critiques of it would be that maybe that's why it's not number one but it's got some really good tracks on it and uh it's really interesting because i wouldn't normally i don't really like Mobaton music and stuff like that. So, uh, that's I and I and he's also like seems like he's a great person. He does a lot of things for uh LBGTQ uh youths and stuff like that. And he's he stood up and called people out in particularly in hip hop and stuff for being homophobic and things like that. Um, and I don't know, I think it's a it's a it's a cool album. I've, it's it's really cool that it was like one of the hit albums of this year, you know. Yeah, I don't think it's a knock that like one of your favorite albums of the year was also happened to be one of the everybody's favorite albums of the year. You know, I'm a I am a poptivist. You know, like I think that pop music has a place and it yeah. and it deserves to have attention. And um and even though like my number one album is probably the least popular album of the year, <laughs> yeah. I celebrate your like the fact that you chose this album because yeah, I don't, I don't, I haven't listened to it on my own, but there's somebody at the gym that always wants to put it on. Yeah. And so whenever she gets kind of the rights to play music, she's going to put it on. And I, I don't particularly care for it, but I, it's really good. It's well-made. It's just not my, it's just not for me. You know what I mean? And so I'll vibe with it, but I'm not going to go try to listen to it in my car when I'm driving home either. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah, I get it. So I, I think cool. I think it's one you should try putting in the background some and and, and listening to it. I said Mumaton earlier. I actually really like Mumaton. I don't like reggaeton that much, and he does a lot of reggaeton yeah. stuff. So, um, yeah. But uh, I love it down to the artwork. He did this little. It's got a little heart with legs on it on the cover, and I love the artwork of the cute. cover art. It's like very me. Like it's very. I'm very into like. I don't know. It's his like. Okay, you can say you're stuff. into hearts. You're into. I'm hearts. into hearts. I love hearts. Uh. No, but that, that's my number two, and uh, I don't know. 
So my number one album of the year is the album that I've listened to more than any of the other albums I've listed. But most of that was in the background. Okay. But it's still, it's, it's a tone. It's a, it's a, it, to say it again, for lack of a better phrase, it's a vibe. Yeah. And it's, it's kind of the soundtrack of me living in this house that I've moved out to in the middle of the woods with no neighbors. And it's, it's I'm going to laugh because the first time I brought it up to you, I couldn't get through it <laughs> telling you to listen to it without laughing. And you clown me so fucking hard. So the artist's name is Jake Xerxes Fussell. <laughs> And the album is called Good and Green Again. And so this guy's parents were like documentary filmmakers in Georgia. And most of his music is, I can't remember what the term of it is. It's when the song is so old that it doesn't, it's not copyrighted anymore. Uh, Open source? Public. Public domain. Creative Commons? Uh, public domain. No, public it's public domain. It's public domain. domain. Yeah. <laughs> so most of his music is public domain, but he's yeah. obviously reimagined it to be in his own, yeah. you know, melody, his own tune and stuff like that. And there's a few instrumental songs on the album, and those instrumental songs are originals. But yeah. anything with lyrics, he's not written those lyrics. And I just, I love it, man. It's just great. And... I haven't gotten tired of it, and I've probably listened to that album one to 15 times a week yeah. for 30 weeks. Wow. So That's if you're going to sit on a back porch quietly, well, not quietly, with music playing, yeah. and you want something that, you know, we're, we're, we're not, I mean, we're in the dead of winter, but spring is right around the corner. Yeah. If you want something to, to start to excite you for the oncoming spring, I would encourage you to listen to Good and Green Again from Jake Xerxes Fossil. <laughs> I, I I made fun of it, but I never really knew what it what the music was. I just made fun of the name, but uh, yeah. I will check it out. I mean, it sounds like something I would... I, I mean, I'm down to have... I like having background albums. I like albums that I can just put on and not have to think about too much and make dinner or whatever, you know, like... So yeah. that's good. That's cool. And it's it's cool that one of those type of albums is your number one for the year. That's like, it says a lot Yeah, it's it. crazy because like, I, I don't like, I'm finally, like, people may not believe this. I think a lot of people are going to scoff and roll their eyes. I don't really wear my music taste as a badge of honor. I don't fucking care. I, yeah. I love that you love what you love. And whether or not that's the same thing that I love, it doesn't yeah. matter anymore. You know, it's not competition. And I don't. <laughs> particularly I didn't set out to like this guy because he wasn't like famous. I just, somebody sent him to me yeah. and I was like, all right, I'll check this out. And I just kept listening to it. Yeah. And then I did listen to a podcast. He got interviewed on a podcast and talking about his life and his work and stuff like that. And he seems like a normal dude, you know, there's nothing too special. He's just like pretty matter of fact about how he makes his music and there's nothing like eccentric about him or anything yeah. like that. He's just a, he's just a dude. So that's my favorite album this year. That's, what about you? That's cool. I did. Yeah, I resisted the pressure too of like when I was thinking about my number one album, I was like, I can't choose this album because it's like not cool enough or like not like profound enough or oh, I've got it. You know, like that crossed my mind. But as I get older, I am too. I'm like, yeah, if you like something I don't like, that's fine. I'm gonna clown you for it a little bit, but I'm glad you like it. You know. Whereas yeah. the older me would, I mean, younger me would have been like, oh, fuck off. That's that's bullshit or whatever. Like, I'm like, nah, people like different things and that's fine. And I don't have to like everything. Um, 
And so I kind of came at mine from that same thing of like, this is the album I listened to the most this year and enjoyed the most overall. Like, Time out. Because we're making two different points. I, and, I, and I agree with you. I don't have to like what you like. Yeah. But I, I am finally at a point where I don't, what I like doesn't have to be cool. Yeah. I, well, yeah, that too. Which yeah, is, totally. Yeah. And that's, that's my point with this. Like, <laughs> some people would think this is cool, but other people would think it's stupid. Um, I'm definitely, whatever it is, I'm not going to think it's cool. Yeah, you're not going to think it's cool. It's, I've talked about him on the show a million times. It's, uh, it's Oliver Tree's Cowboy Tears album. Um, right. he, he is a ridiculous, he's the guy that wears the ski outfit and the bowl wig, and he's a walking meme, and he's everything that I should hate about the internet and everything like that. And it took me a while to embrace his music because I was like, what the fuck is this guy? This is some bullshit. Get out of here. You know, he does the most ridiculous uh, absurd uh, music videos. But my buddy Matt and I kind of got into him at the same time and would talk about him a lot. And eventually I was like, I liked his last album a lot. And then he was coming out with this album, Cowboy Tears, this year. And I was like, wow, I really am excited about this album. And then it, man, I just, I love almost every song on this album. He's a, he's, he doesn't take anything too seriously, but his music isn't just jokes. It's, they're actually like really well written pop songs and some of them are really sad and deep and profound and you wouldn't know that because the dude's de- dressed like a walking penis you know um yeah. and i i think the guy's really talented and i don't know if he uses this like oliver tree persona he's created to like hide behind it or if like i don't really know why i almost want him to like let that shit go and just be oliver tree but that's not up to me to decide you know um, I think he make he writes really good lyrics, and I think he makes really good, you know, listenable music. And s- some of the stuff is like I I think that like he also has there's a lot of positivity, and uh, I feel like his generation of like that meme stuff is a lot of it is snarky and sarcastic and this and that. And he's not that. If you listen to the music, it's very hopeful. It's very like. Don't shit on people, uplift people, this sort of stuff. You know, um, I don't know. Maybe I'm maybe I'm making too fine a point about it, or being thinking he's more profound than he is. But or I, is it a, is it about what they want, or is it about what you take away from it? Yeah, I guess so. You know, but I, it's there's not a snarky meanness about his music, which it easily could have been, since it's a lot of like jokey stuff and interspersed in some of the more profound stuff. But um, really enjoyed it, uh, and I can't recommend it enough. Um, the uh where's that at i want to see i wanted to call out a few of the uh uh dead air dead air uh cowboys don't cry freaks and geeks and the villain and cowboy tears are all just really great songs off that album if you want to check it out and uh yeah i've it's catchy that stuff's catchy so That's my number one, Oliver Tree's Cowboy Tears. And, I mean, I think it's safe to assume that everybody's number one podcast was I Only Like Their Old Stuff. Yeah. You're welcome for another year of free, incredible fucking content. Much like Red Rocks not being able to win number one music venue anymore, it's just a matter of time before we don't get the chance for, you know, to be number one podcast of the year. So. <laughs> <laughs> Cool. 
You got anything else you want to say to wrap up the year? I'm already looking forward to 2023. Let's fucking go. Yeah. I hope we can record some more episodes this year. I have missed being on like a regular schedule with the podcast. Cause it really does. Like I really do enjoy doing this. Um, and, uh, yeah. Thanks to everybody's listened to us this year. And, you know, hopefully this year's going to be good. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. You can check us out. Uh, at our shitty pod, our shitty podcast, at our shitty website, illtos.com. Uh, you can email us. I only like their old stuff at gmail.com. And uh, you can find this podcast wherever podcasts are found. I think we're still on iTunes. I don't know. They changed some stuff. I hope I prefer to check on that. We'll see. But uh, yeah, that's our year and wrap up for 2022. Thanks for listening. Appreciate you. And we out.